What is going on, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, I am Eric, and I am joined by... Sam! And Christian. I didn't know if you were going to go first this time. I, I didn't know where to I, go I with it. I just kind of let you guys, like, vibe with it. <laughs> I was uh, waiting for an executive Salem producer, like, cue. Well, he's he's chasing off whatever evil spirit is in this room because he is You just... dropped your cue, dude! Where's the cue card? Get him. Get him. There he is. <laughs> so that loud thud you heard was Salem just jumping from the drum set to uh, somewhere in the floor. Um... <clears throat> But yeah, guys, we're here. It's officially cold case season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, <laughs> thank you for not singing directly into the mic. When cases, <laughs> when cases aren't solved, I need you to go on with it with me. <laughs> and the police dropped the ball. What is he doing? I had it there. Sam, where were you? Huh? I had it. You had what? When case, cold cases aren't solved and the police drop the ball. <laughs> Something. Well, th that Wolfie. brings us I'm there with it. very much into our topic of today because we had to change topics this week. Yes. We are so sorry. We have to do some crypt keeping, and that was my fault. Yep. Sam, Sam, you you, you're going to have to clean the crypt on this one. Yep. But it's not me. it doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. Okay. It just does it. It just means that it's not cold anymore. Yeah, it's it's. She's put to bed. It's very well cooked now. Yeah. It's it's well done. They reheated it. Yeah, it's Ew. microwaved. Chef Mike. No. <laughs> Chef Mike. Oh, no. So Sam, explain to our listeners why we're not doing the case we referenced last week. Well, I went to go listen to the podcast episode again on it to get into the mindset to research. Mm -hmm. I, it's just what I do. Uh, I do the same thing. Um, and I saw that it was like another part later on. And it took them like, I think it was like 35, 40 years later. And it was solved. What the hell? And I was like, mother effer. And what case was that? It was the John Douglas case that he wrote the book on like, granddaddy of the FBI's BAU. Mm. Um, he wrote the book on it. It's called When a Killer Calls. So we will cover that eventually yes. on this show. It will not escape our, our grasp. Cold, dead grasp. But cold, dead hands. Yeah, we will. Uh, well, they're lukewarm now. Yeah, they're, they're, more, they're for our lukewarm dead hands. Not yeah, cold well. anymore. It's like a they hot were pocket. Cold they're, until... they're hot on the outside and frozen on the center. Which brings me back to this my point last week. We'd have tons of shit if they just quit solving all these good ones. <laughs> the police are getting better, Eric. What do you expect? Well, I do happen to have a good one that is not solved. Oh. Okay. And it angers me, honestly, that it's not solved. Ooh. But it's been reopened, so... I guess it's technically not considered cold anymore, but it's still unsolved. It's still, I guess, considered cold in a way because there's no, nothing has been, nothing's moved. Fair enough. It hasn't, been, it hasn't moved. Well, before we get into that, we have a review to read. <gasps> Yay! So this is from Bearded underscore FedEx guy. Hello, Beard FedEx guy. Five stars from the FedEx guy. I listen to many podcasts while out delivering 
throughout the day, mostly true crime. I came across this podcast and I was instantly hooked. It was a little bit of everything from everyone from true crime to paranormal. The banter between Eric and the ladies made my day go by faster. I feel like they don't try to water down their personalities to impress people. Keep up the good work. Fridays aren't so bad anymore. Yay! That's probably no bullshit. The best review we've ever got. I appreciate you. Sarah. Yeah. And the most accurate. Like there is, on. there is no watering down. No. If you're going to leave us a review, Leave us one like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's I the, like that shit. And we've gotten some really nice comments that's on Instagram. But the rule is leave them on Apple Podcasts if you want to write on the show. But yeah. we do have some OG listeners from our old project uh-huh. that shall not be named. <laughs> but um, they came over when we started this show. And they've been listening since like the old school shit. So, Word. Yeah. TB well, days. TB days. Yes. <laughs> you said it couldn't be named, so I had to give it something. Tuberculosis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the tuberculosis That's kind of what that show died of. Consumption. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. Well, you know, alcohol and true crime paranormal stories just don't mix. No, they don't. No. no. Listen to the Banshees episode of that. Piece no, of please shit don't. For all, the OG, for all the OGs out there. Please don't. No. I feel like there was a night out after that that in, was involved. There was. There was we a, did go to Molly Darcy's after we that. We did. We did go to Molly Darcy's. Yes. Mm. And then at that point, I was like, I'm going to get hammered. And we did. Yeah, it was a St. Patrick's Day. So yeah. Was it that day? Yeah, yes, it was. It was, it was literally St. Patrick's Day too. Perfect. Little, little inside lore for our OGs. Um, and if you don't know, hit us up in the comments of the episode post, and I'll tell you what what it was. Or if you DM us privately on at Creeps in the Crypt on Instagram, that's that's honest to God, guys. Where I'm going to interact with most of you, uh, Facebook, also Twitter. Yeah, I really don't give a shit about. Sam's been chosen. The executive has some has some show notes for her. Yeah, he's he's got to have a private counsel. He's done fighting the demons up here now. <laughs> I guess he's not mad at me for not sharing my chicken nugs. Mm. All right, Sam. Without further ado, let's uh, get into this episode. This cold case that you brought to us. Yes. So y'all can just call me the cold case princess. I will introduce the cold case queen in a little bit. It feels like the majority of the cases that are near and dear to my heart are all cold and or unsolved. And very edging. See, here's my <laughs> and thing. very edging. I'm sorry. I can't watch Unsolved Mysteries. I, I fucking love Unsolved I Mysteries. It pisses me off. It pisses me off to no fucking end. I'm a whore um, for Unsolved Mysteries. I, 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 I don't like to like edge myself for fucking 45 minutes and be like, well, fuck, I guess they didn't solve that one. Like, give me something to sink my I'd teeth into. Put my ass on a hot grill. <laughs> Insert that audio here. And then yeah, <laughs> no shit. That's going to be a sound bite. I wish for I the would, Albert fish episode. No, I, I would rather sit my ass on a hot grill than listen to an unsolved case, but I'm doing this for you, Sam. We know you love, cold cases and that's why we're giving you 
basically a month and a half. We're giving you the crypt rolls over here. Yeah, this is now the Sam show. No, Sam's is Sam's crypt. It's my time to shine. If you if you didn't know Sam, I do get we we all have our times to shine. Eric over here with his serial killer is me with my cryptid. Well, I mean, me and Sam both do the serial killer stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, spooky season's kind of more where I just kind of rule the roost. That would be an interesting episode to do. The different genres that we like favorite that are like our favorite and why. Or you can make the listeners pretty much know. Like it's very obvious you are the cryptid. Like person, am I? Yes. Yeah. More so than like I, I love the paranormal. Damn, for me, watching where the wild things were. I love that book. I know I do too. That's why I love cryptids. Adeline loves that book. She is my little cryptid. Little I fucker. mean, yeah, you're definitely like the cryptid enthusiast. Yeah, Any, anytime I bring a cryptid up on the the show, you just yeah excitement. She's elated. I'm elated. Sam, you're you're a cold case all the way. Like, through and through. Yeah. And I'm just like I like a cohesive story. I like I like a person I can talk shit about and just trash and make fun of like these serial killers, these fucking I, idiots. Yeah, I feel like your time to shine is summer of slaughter. Summer of slaughter and then I feel like spooky that's season I really like crank that's it like up to. All of our spooky season is like our yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And then like cryptids. Summer, Summer slaughter. slaughter is like where I go fucking hard in the paint. In the cold case. Yep. So let's get into the story of let's drop it. Yep. We are talking about Denise Johnson. And uh, so smack dab in the middle of the Outer Banks of North Carolina sits a tiny little place called Kill Devil Hills. My mom actually used to vacation here well there why wouldn't you want to i know right it's six hours from here so like it's not exactly like a quickie little trip but i still want to go um to kick off our cold case cold snap we'll we'll work on the mint on the name cold snap i don't know i was playing around you workshopping that i am we'll work on it (laughs) (laughs) we'll work on it it's fine I'm, i'm okay with it yeah it's it's not a vibe, but it's no. Right. We'll work on it. Fair Maybe. Enough. Denise Floydland Johnson was born on February eighteenth, nineteen sixty three, to Floyd and Helen Johnson in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Damn, they workshopped that in for her middle name. Jesus. Yeah, Floydland. <laughs> they couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> we'll just smash our names together. We'll just mash them. It's- it was the uh, 60s version of Renesmee. I don't know. You didn't fucking heard of that. Twilight? No. What? I don't watch Twilight. I know. I there's so much, there's I so much hate judgment here. on this. I'm glad we're sitting on the same cast side of the <laughs> yeah, couch. Oh, no shit. Keep your ass on the casting couch. <laughs> don't give away our secrets. <laughs> She had a happy childhood growing up on the beach with her five sisters. And here comes the cliche phrase that I'm only going to say this one time in this one episode. And I will never fucking say it again. 
Those who knew her loved her bright smile and friendly personality. Oh, Jesus AKA, Christ. she lit up a room any, in any room she walked into. Sam, and now we'll never say it again. this was a fucking... 60 minutes episode, we would have one picture of her scrolling across the screen. Like <laughs> and then goes into negative. Times. Yeah, it would just <laughs> go five times across the screen as you said that. I said it and I will never say it again. Like a Windows screensaver just bopping <laughs> around. I don't know. I feel like you're going to say that same thing. No, I will not. No, she said one. I said I it once Sam. and I won't say it again. Mm. At the time of her death, Denise was living in her childhood home in Kill Devil Hills. It was the quintessential quiet coastal town where everybody knows everyone and their mama. The people who called Kill Devil Hills home rested easy in their safe little bubble. I also feel like that is said quite often in cold cases. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be they seem to happen a lot in small little rural towns. Mm-hmm. Not, not well, the best police force. Not the best police like force on the on the job. Don't even get fucking start on. Well, no, this. One I haven't read these notes. This is all a, sh- a surprise. Are you just raw dogging this? I am raw dogging this one. Perfect. I'm gonna raw dog this entire season until like the last two episodes. Perfect. Because I know what the last two are. Well, yeah. So I'm like, ah, fuck yeah, because that was my suggestion. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's do that. I'm al- I am was already on board, buckled in, hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Mm-hmm. I was already in. She was. At 11 p.m. on July 12th, 1997, Denise was just getting off at her job at Barrier Island Inn. She stopped by a convenience store on the way home, but she wasn't exactly alone. There was a woman with short blonde hair who was between 5'5 and 5'10, which to me feels like a very drastic height difference. That's five inches. Five inches is quite a bit. Five inches gets the job done. What? But. Are we going there, Sam? (laughs) No. (laughs) Are are you trying to tell us something? No. what What you're into? No. You're not a size queen, are you? Anyway. No! Sam is trying to... Okay, let's not go into that. That's an off off podcast, off mic moment. We we'll save it for the, the potential Patreon we do. Oh sure. my god, with the size queen. I regret everything I've said. Anyway, so put a pin in the blonde lady because we're gonna come back to her later. I mean, she's already evil because she's a blonde. I mean, she's. Already, I mean, me and Sam. It depends on how she's look. How she looks, if uh, you know. She's already I'd put evil. a pin in her or not. I'm going to slap here. the shit out of you. <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> not like I got a killer cross. I can make fun of. I got to work with what I I'm can. I'm going to smother you with the casting couch cushion. Please don't. On July 13th, 1997, around 4.30 a.m., Kill Devil Hills firefighters responded to an emergency call of a house in the 2000 block of Norfolk Street on fire. When they arrived on scene, they found the body of 33-year-old Denise Johnson in the midst of the flames. As the first responders worked to put out the fire that they were certain was set to mask the evidence of the person or persons who had done this, one of the men attempted to rescue Denise and try and possibly save her life when he realized that it was too late. She was already dead. 
But it wasn't the flames that exactly killed her. A later autopsy would find that she'd been stabbed several times with quite a few defensive wounds on her arms. Right away, detectives began investigating who could have done something this horrific to Denise and why. She'd grown up in the area and her and her family were well known and liked. Her entire family was confused because none of them could think of anyone who would want to do this to her. Well, the fire was there to clearly cover up a murder. Right. There's no there's no question of that part. And we're going to get to the fire in a little bit. Okay. There's lots of working pieces in this. She was a cheerful, beautiful, nice, young... Honestly, she looks like what Blake Lively would look like in the 90s. Okay. Like, if you look at a photo of her, like, you're like, oh, yeah, Blake Lively, 90s style. I'll have She's to Google beautiful. that beautiful. She's beautiful. Well, was, I guess. Whatever. Is she, she not still? I mean, yeah, she, 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 yeah. She landed Ryan Reynolds. Uh, no, not Blake Lively. I'm talking about Denise. Oh. <laughs> Blake Lively is stunning. And she landed Ryan Reynolds. I love him. But what her family didn't know was that she was getting harassing phone calls for several months leading up to her death. And we'll talk about those also later on. It's not that. It's, we haven't. I'm. We're going to do it how it rolled out. Not. So we're not doing this in like a actual. Chronological order. Chronological order of yeah, events. But. It, it, we are but we aren't. Okay. So like the information about the harassing phone calls didn't come out until way later. Okay. And technically we still don't even know who this person was. She'd been feeling like someone was stalking her. Which, if you um, go into the interviews later on, the woman, the blonde woman did not go in there, like, with her. Like, with Denise. I keep wanting to say Diane, because I have an Aunt Diane. Mm. But, Denise. Uh, back in September of 1996, Denise made a call to KDH Police Department claiming that she'd been getting dozens of harassing phone calls from down in Florida. Denise's sister, Donnie, told Delia, who is the cold case queen, Delia D'Ambra. All hail. Throw well, some speck on the name. Yes. You don't, you don't disrespect Delia oh, D'Ambra in my Christ. presence. I fucking love her. So Donnie, Denise's sister, told Delia... This guy, quote, this guy kept calling her from Florida and threatening her. She told me he would call and she would just look. I mean, fear would be in her eyes. She was very scared of him, whoever he was. So it was a Florida number. Prior to moving back to her childhood home in Kill Devil Hills, Denise spent some time down in Florida. Close to her moving back to North Carolina, she'd been assaulted and her attacker was never named. Delia and her team at Counterclock Podcast were able to dig up the report, but the attacker's name was redacted for whatever reason. I'm going to reference Counterclock a lot because this it's the only podcast that even... Yeah. yeah. I tried to watch some YouTube videos on this so I could have like a some type of bearing on what it was about. Mm-hmm. 
And that's all it was. It was like news interviews with her. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else. I love Delia Diana. I was just like, what the fuck, man? Nobody's covering this shit? Nobody. It's the most insane thing to me. Like how, like, I mean, even down here. I mean, granted, I wasn't here in the 90s. Like down here. But it's just wild to me that like in such a small little snippet of the Outer Banks, like yeah. no one's talking about it. No, like no one knows. Are you kidding? No one knows. Bullshit. Somebody's got to know something. Literally. Some fucking someone has to. Police assumed that since Denise was popular in the area, the case might be solved rather quickly. And boy, were they wrong. Because we are 25 years later mm-hmm. and still no. Yeah, 25. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was quick mental math. Good job. Thank you. I'm quite proud of myself, actually. Salem improves. He does. He's making my foot go to sleep, though. Yes. That's what he and does. Don't dare move because he would, he would get down. Can't have that. Nope. In You're the, legally obligated to mm-hmm. sit where you are mm-hmm. with a cat's on top of you. Absolutely. I cannot yeah. move. I'm paralyzed. Yep. In the beginning, there was very little evidence to work with. Like, we're talking 1997 in the in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Like, it, nothing. DNA was barely I mean, they're licking thing. their finger to find out where the wind is. <laughs> <laughs> The investigation actually goes completely cold for about 23 years. Yeah. Well, it's like they fucking forgot about it. Put a pin in that because I'll get to that in just a moment. You're putting pins in all sorts of places. There's lots of pins working here. I feel like a voodoo doll right now. I feel like you're you're Charlie from that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny. I'm literally, in this case. Where you just got pins and string and you're like. The Pepe Sylvia? Yep. A bit, yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah, that's... This case baffles me. And I I just, like, I want to just go up there and do it myself. Mm. The case goes completely cold for, yeah, 20, 23 years. Because 2020 is when 10 o'clock first season came out about this, I think. Um... Before the cold cakes queen herself, Delia D'Ambra, who is actually from the Outer Banks, she's from Manio, got her hands on it. The fireman who carried Denise out of her burning home, Glenn Rainey, said, quote, When I pulled her outside and was going to try CPR, it was quickly obvious that would, that was not going to happen. Yeah, because she had fucking holes, stab wounds in her lungs, probably. Yeah. Delia literally re-interviewed everyone in this case. Because there was fucking nothing in the initial report. She was a fucking reporter, though, too. So she knew how to do all this shit. Yeah, but she like there was fucking nothing The done. reason we're even talking about this case is because of her work. Yes. So, fucking tip of the idea. hat to... Uh, Miss Giambra. <laughs> anyway, Denise had gashes on her neck, making it very clear that she did not die from smoke inhalation alone. She'd been stabbed multiple times... A reporter from the Outer Banks Voice said, quote, she was stabbed at least a half a dozen times, almost all in the area of her neck. 
Thankfully, there was no evidence of sexual assault, and Denise's toxicology report came back clean as well. Her official COD was listed as, quote, loss of blood and smoke inhalation, indicating that she was still alive when the fire started. It wasn't long before the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, NCSBI, and the FBI stepped in to help solve the case that rattled the small little beach town. There were 59 pieces of evidence collected by federal agents to create the criminal profile of the person or persons who killed Denise and set her house on fire. Agent Dennis Honeycutt, a.k.a. the crime scene guru, was chosen to be the one to process Denise's home. A member of law enforcement said, quote, Honeycutt could lift a fingerprint out of thin air. Agent Honeycutt and his team were able to get plenty of semi-usable evidence back then. But, like, usable somewhat now. I mean... Even at that point, DNA was still brand fucking new. Yeah, barely. Because we covered that in uh, the Crystal Fate Todd case. Like, mm-hmm. DNA was a whole new thing. Yeah, that and that point. was in Conway. Yeah, and this in is like, what, 93? Something like that. Early 90s. The only thing was that the evidence, a lot of the evidence was tainted and damaged by the fire. So what they did collect, they couldn't use a lot of it back in 97. Police interviewed 150 people only to receive no new leads. What? So half the fucking town? Pretty much. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. They interviewed half the fucking town and they're like, well, uh, we don't know. Are we really surprised? No. Okay. Not, not at all. (laughs) The Bang fu- up police work, guys. <laughs> Good job, guys. Hey, we gave it our best. The fire, it was actually, so it wasn't like one big fire in one ign- ignition point. Is that the correct term? Mm-hmm. I think I think so. Ignition point. There were several fires. There were several fires set. The So the s- several fa- small fires did its job in destroying the majority of the evidence. The investigation went cold pretty soon after they collected it and did the interviews. And they were just like, yep, well, I got nothing. So we're going to take a big old L here. Yeah. We folks. gave our best, guys. Let's go to the Dunkin'. They do not get a pizza party. They do not. Let's go to the they Dunkin' don't Donuts. There is no pizza party for them. No participation trophies. What about what about some Krispy Kremes? No. No they Krispy Kremes for no. the boys in blue? No. No. Hey, they tried their best. They get no participation trophies. They get no donuts. They get no pizza party. They get nothing. I can tell you've really, really stepped it up on the pronunciation of the participation trophy. <laughs> Do you like practice that every morning in the mirror? <laughs> yes, as I have. Ex- That's a as, throwback to the old I one, have, too. Oh God, as I have intern so Lucy climbing me to tell me about her research that she's working on. <laughs> Is it how to pronounce participation trophy? Is that what she's researching for you? I don't know. If you want to hear me say it in a different octave, then yeah, sure. I'm your vocal coach, your speech, your speech specialist. Yeah, pretty much. So this is where the case pretty much just... Goes cold? Yeah. Until... Like a smoldering fire going out. The fire's out. 
coals are cold. There are no embers to be lit again. No. Until, I believe Delia started working on this in 2018. Because it took her two years of a deep dive. Anyway. So, all the new information from here on out is strictly from Delia's work. So... That's our source for the day, guys. Literally. So I there was a few sources, a little, few local sources that I used for the the beginning, but everything from this point on is from Counterclock because that's 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 all that there is for the new stuff. Dealey D'Ambra set her sights on investigating this case for the first season of Counterclock. She is an investigative journalist and an all-around badass. I want to be Delia D'Amber when I grow up. She got in contact with the Johnson family and actually ended up getting this case reopened. So it's still it's open now. So they closed it. No. They closed it. It was cold. Yeah. And so. then Delia was like, uh, mission or challenge accepted and re-interviewed everybody is amazing i wish we could play the interviews because the the lack of police work in this case in the back in 97 is fucking tragic well it just goes to show that probably police that weren't in a big city yeah they're dealing with drunk assholes yeah they're just it's a beach town dude with like what 300 people it's, I know. You're not getting the top, the top brass. No, but those guys are going to like big, bigger cities like Wilmington and Charlotte yeah. and Raleigh, not fucking Kill Devil Hills, you know. Yeah. In 2018, over 20 years after Denise was murdered, Delia called up Denise's sister Donnie, who was a, a little bit skeptical at first of an investigative journalist slash podcaster trying to research her sister's case. She said, quote, I wasn't sure. I've been a little cautious, and we talked about what she wanted to do, and she really felt pulled to do it. I could tell. She's saying that about Delia. She went and re-interviewed everyone that she could that surrounded the case back then, as well as new interviews of friends and family, and re-examined the documents and reports taken back in 1997. Even the neighbor down the street was never fucking interviewed. The one that called in the fucking fire. Bang up work. Bang up police work. Fucking ridiculous. It's just like, eh, she died in the fire. During her two-year deep dive into Denise's case, Delia learned that the Dare County Prosecutor's Office didn't even know about Denise's murder. Had no idea. Well, see, clearly what had happened here was uh, Denise fell on some knives when a fire broke out while she was cooking, and that's how she died. Case closed. Yeah. Case closed. Let's get this done, boys. Let's go to the Krispy Kreme and get some get some coffees and donuts. The hot lights on. It was probably Fish Friday. Well, that's not even a stereotype of cops, Sam. This is old people in general. Yeah. No, well, probably all old anyway. 
Just 18 months after the first season of Counterclock was released, Kill Devil Hills PD officially announced that they were reopening Denise's case. So here we go. We're di- we are now diving into the meat and potatoes of Delia's work. All the pins are gone. Oh, the pins are coming out now. We're going right. to take them out. Dare County DA Andrew Womble's office worked with the Kill Devil Hills PD to retest evidence that was collected from the home. He said, quote, we didn't have the technology 24 years ago that we have now. Denise's sister, Donnie, said, quote, they might remember talking about like the residents of Kill Devil Hills and the people who came in contact with Denise in the town. They might remember something that they think is not even important, but if they could call the crime line, that would be that could be the missing link. I want people to remember Denise as a sweet girl who loved the beach and her animals. She had a dog who was um, on the screen and porch during. Did it die in the fire? No, okay. he survived. Well, at least some some someone survived. Eric, if our house caught on fire, what would be the first thing you throw out of the house? Salem. I don't think it would be the kitties. I think it would be second. The, the guns. Yeah. And <laughs> That's my red-blooded baby. Well, it's mainly so, you know. They you don't told go- me the order. You said guns, magic cards, family, kitties. Yep. But the guns and ammo are strictly so they don't explode. Oh. The fair. Yeah, I don't want an ordinance blast to go off, you know what I'm saying? More than 20 years later, the SBI is still hoping that they can they can test the samples taken from Denise's home before they degrade too much or maybe even find new DNA to test that has yet to be discovered. The house is burned to the ground. It's, no, it's not. Oh, it's not? It didn't burn to the ground, no. It's still standing. It's still there. Okay. It's... I don't want to dox it. Never mind. Let's go back to the blonde at the convenience store. Okay. That was seen. Let's take the pin out of the around, blonde. Yeah. Pin, pin number one. Uh, she was seen with Denise the night before she was killed. So she wasn't really like with Denise. She was literally like following her around the and convenience Nobody store. ever found this person, right? Uh, Kill Devil Hills did not. Delia did. Oh, shit. And I wish I could play the fucking interview. Because this girl tried so hard to be like, I don't know. Delia's like a freaking pit bull with, oh my God, I just love her. Anyway, around 1 a.m. is when Denise stops to at the convenience store to pick up a pack of cigarettes and something to drink. Dilly was able to talk to the gas station clerk who was working that night. Her name is Teresa Rogers. She said that Denise was followed into the store by the blonde woman. And she followed her. The blonde woman followed Denise around until she left. When Denise paid for her cigarettes and drink and left, so did the blonde woman at a fast pace. Teresa gave the description of the woman to the police, but get this. It was considered to be too generic to help. Damn blondes. They all fucking look the same. So do gingers, it's fine. Sort of. Eh. But here is where it gets juicy 
and then it just kind of ends. Oh, well, what the fuck, Sam, dude? Well, I don't like all of the, I don't want to like just take everything that Delia has done and be like, oh, yep, this is that and that and that and that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I mean, she found all these people and has tried to talk to them and they refuse to talk to her. Well, so, like, after this, it just, it just stops, essentially. There's no, nothing's come out with the DNA, nothing's come out with testing. Put a pin in that, because I have a thought about stuff like that. Okay. I have a thought. So, while the blonde woman may or may not be a red herring in the case... Delia was able to connect Denise to a man named Eric. And Denise... Fucking Eric's. Fucking Eric's, man. It's a bunch uh, of bullshit. I know. <laughs> you would say that. So, I... So, Denise and Eric dated back in the 90s. Who also just so happened to be Denise's next door neighbor okay so eric was renting it was like a split level home owned by one couple so they owned both levels okay and they was like they're i can't remember if they lived full-time upstairs or if it was like their vacation home little condo thing Mm -hmm. um but eric lived down there full-time that was his house and that's how he and denise met was he was living next door And Eric just so happened to be dating a blonde woman. Oh, shit. Crime of passion. And to make matters even juicier, old Eric was cheating on the blonde woman with Denise. He was double dipping. Well, at least like hooking up is way easier because if you just hook up and then walk across the street, you can hook up again. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. And at some point, the blonde woman, there, I don't remember what her name was. I could never find it in, like, any of the source material that was available. Um, she finds out about Denise and has a fucking conniption fit. Do you uh, fucking blame her? Well, no. But still. The... I'm going to save my theories till the end. And I have a, I don't know if you call it a fun fact or what. Well, nothing about this seems fun so far. I'm sorry. I'm having fun. I love this. I know you are. Mm -hmm. So one of the many fires that was set in Denise's home just so happened to be in her underwear slash lingerie drawer. Her dildo caught on fire. Which, it was left on. The the battery no. liquefied and the acid caught the no. underwear on fire. I solved the case, everyone. And then the exploding dildos stabbed her in the neck. Do you work for Kill Devil Hills? 25 times. <laughs> 25 times, yes. 25 times in the neck. I solved the case, folks. The Kill Devil Hills Police Department should give me a job. Perfect. You're Case hired. Closed. You are the, uh, the sheriff. The bar is very low to work there. You are the now the new sheriff of Kill Devil Hills, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. 
But that's pretty much where... So Delia is able to f- sort of find the blonde woman, sort of find this guy, Eric, and they don't talk to her. She tries to reach out, tries to reach out, tries to reach out, and they're just like, they go, fuck you, mm. to Delia. They won't talk to her. But the guy, Eric's friend, did give her an interview, but I, it wasn't... It was just gossip about Eric and Delia. I mean, uh, Denise and the blonde woman. Yep. It was tumult. Her, her, the blonde woman didn't live in town, but Eric did. I believe it was either Chapel Hill or Charlotte. I can't remember which one she lived in, but it was one of those two. Oh, no. And uh, she probably lived in Carborough. <laughs> and uh, they'll never find me here. She would like come down. That's outside of Char, like Chapel Hill. But yeah, it was. She was volatile, and he wasn't the best guy around. Obviously. Oh, this is the best kind. Well, I'm sure that town in the '90s was like much like Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Uh, I know. I kind of felt like you're pulling a chapter from Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I mean it's (laughs) pretty dead on. Somebody uh, being cheated on? Somebody <gasps> being a piece of shit? The police not doing their job? I mean, look, back in those days, if you were That's cash nice. rich, you could come down here and disappear because it was such a high transient town. It still it, is. It still is, but it's a lot harder to fucking do that now. You can't really disappear. Yeah, you can't easily. disappear now. No, not really, no. But back in the day, you could just come down here and vanish. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that town was a lot like that, too. Probably. I assume. But that's pretty much it. All right. Well, would you like my theory? Yeah. I don't think it was the blonde girl. Do you think okay. it was Eric? No. Oh, okay. And here's why. Um, so from when I was doing criminal justice as crime scene investigation, you see a lot of trademarks in crimes of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, women will normally stab for the heart and shit like that. Uh, dudes will most likely strangle. I mean, Eric, could, the Eric guy could have done it, but here's the other thing. His house is connected to it. Mm-hmm. So why would he burn down his own fucking house? It wasn't connected to it. It was two separate houses. Okay. His was next door. Uh, yeah, he lived I next they were door. Connected. No, hers was a little like I think it was like a two bedroom, two bath house. Well, potentially his house could have burned down though. It was right next door. Yeah, it was next door. So potentially his house could have burned down. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Boys are stupid though. I think in the heat of the moment, I don't I mean, think you would give a fuck if your if, house was yeah. burning to the if ground. One and plus, it's not his, two, so. Well, if one of those two was to do it, I would say it is the girl, most likely. Mm-hmm. But she would probably go for more like stabbing her in the vagina over and over again or in the well, heart. Well, there were all those like fight wounds. Yeah, I mean, Denise had a lot of defensive wounds on her arm, so it, she might not have been the girl. Yeah. It, I mean, it could have been. I don't think it was uh, the Eric guy. And I'm not biased on that. 
given the namesake. <laughs> but I, I truly don't think it was him because he he stood a lot more to lose. Um, giving his house next door. Really, he was just like, you know, hooking up with her. Like, why is he going to kill his... Like, he's not married to this other chick. It's not like she's going to ruin his life mm. if she leaves him. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, that Eric and the blonde mm. didn't speak after the news broke of like she didn't come she didn't come around he didn't go visit her after the news broke of denise's murder okay then if that's the case i'm willing to bet the blonde chick did it and eric is just trying to be uh have plausible deniability oh Um, yeah because the minute you tell him he's he's implicated into it yeah i mean christian what's your theory on it um, I've, I don't know, I've told Sam to put a pin in it when you brought up, but I really think that those kind of crimes, I feel like, it, I'm a woman, you're a woman, I feel like if a dude fucked around on me and fucked me over, I'd probably kill his bitch and not kill him. See, that's where we differ, yeah, because see, I would 1000%. I would say I'd beat the kill. fuck out of her, but I'd kill him. Yeah. Mm. Most of the time when that happens, it's I'm going for more of like pain and anguish. He can watch. Yeah. That was kind of where I was at. With well, it. I beat the. F- well, it depends on if the girl knew about me. That, okay. Then. Yeah. All right. If the girl knew about me and was so because I feel like didn't I guarantee no offense, you the girl didn't know about. <laughs> I don't think that's a fuck. I think that's a fucking lie. I'm sorry. As much as they talked about how sweet she was and whatever, I feel like she knew. On some level, if Guys you are... Guys are scumbags. Uh, yes. On some level, if you're the side chick, you know you're a side chick. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. on some level... On in in somewhere in deep down, yes, just don't, you know, just don't have a side chick. It's I mean, well, yes, that that works it's, also. It's it bad cuts for your out health. a lot of your problems if you it just does. don't do it's that. It's really bad for your health too. Why would you want two women at the same time? You have to date them both. No. Well, hold on now. With at okay, the same time. Okay, never mind. Time. No, no, no. She's talking about like two women. Would Would you like two women in your life ruining your life at the same time? You don't ruin my life. You're amazing. Oh, okay. What if I if I was like an opposite, like a negative version of myself, and I did ruin your life, and you had both of us? I'm not gonna. Comment okay, on that. you're not a good example to ask. I need somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's not, um, I need somebody that's not insane and a glutton for pain. Yeah, I I am a glutton for. I'm a glutton in general. Yes. I will I go to like, hell for the sin of gluttony. I do feel like in these like small towns that they're just so happy just to make it go away. Mm-hmm. Sweep they, it under the rug. Yep. Yeah, they don't want to, to no boat rocking. But no. see. Smooth sailing. There's another case in or around Kill Devil Hills that is sort of similar. We don't have time to get into that right now. I can't remember if it happened before or after Denise Johnson, though. You think they could be connected? Possibly. 
Uh, Delia D'Amour does it in the second season of Counterclock. Go listen to her podcast. Sam, plug that podcast. It, yeah, it's called Counterclock. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. I love her. Sam, what's your theory before we close this thing out and talk about our contest? I think it was the blonde woman, and I think Eric was in on it because she, at some point, was probably like, either you stop fucking her or I'm going to kill her. And I don't think he took her seriously. I don't think and he was she in went on and it, did it. That doesn't mean he's in on it. No, but he. I mean, he's, he's complacent. Uh, which is still a charge. I mean. He willingly knew. He was an accessory whoa, to murder whoa, whoa, whoa. after the fact. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on now. Just because a crazy broad tells you that they're going to kill a bitch doesn't mean they actually will. You can tell when someone is just like, oh, I'm going to kill her or like, I'm going to fucking kill her. There is a distinct difference in tone. I'm like, You're crazy. Careful with that C word, man. Ain't that right? Well, all right. So, Sam. Tell the listeners about the contest we have. The Crips sweepstakes. <gasps> yeah! I gotta come up with a better one for that. Yeah, we gotta, yeah. Creepscape. We'll have a post there it is. when the episode Creepstakes. actually drops. Creepstakes. We're recording it, this no, on Monday it's, night. It's a Creepstakes. Creepstakes? Yes. Okay, I yeah. like it. Okay, cool. So, like I said last week, I bought Cold Case playing cards with 52 right there's 52 in here yes yes 52 cold case card cold cases per deck i think i think yeah well no because the jokers don't have cold case on it's just information on them um but yeah and i bought two sets of the first fourth and seventh seventh and we're going to be giving away one of her extra sets for three weeks. Yep, one so deck. So this week. week we are doing set number one. Yep. And we will post the rules for this giveaway on our Instagram. This is only for our Instagram followers, and we will only be shipping in the continental United States. I am sorry, yeah. Hawaii, Alaska, and our international listeners. We can't afford the post. Well, there's only, there's a handful of you. We love you, but there's only a handful of you. If we start getting more traction in your countries or states, then we'll uh, we'll fucking start sending shit up your way. But until then, Sam, shuffle that bad boy up and tell us what our next week's episode is. I wish I could do the cool like the bridge shuffle. Yeah, I like the aesthetic sound of it, but I'm just gonna shuffle it like I do my tarot cards. Okay. So. Well, that seems to be the... Sam fumbled the deck. <laughs> on the Salem. The, nobody saw anything. Why did you have to point it out? <laughs> I know, right? You could have just literally... Sa just, Salem you didn't even make at, a noise. Salem looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> there you go. Just, yeah. All right. Christian, would you like to cut the deck? Fuck you. I cut it deep. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm pulling out the A game on this one. I'm All also right. on sleep deprivation, so. Are we ready for our first cold case? Yep. Yes. Out of the deck. Out of, well, yeah, out of the deck.
It's a fucking joke. <laughs> Mulligan. <laughs> uh, what the fuck, Christian? Did you eat Joker again? <laughs> Sam got double Jokers. So there's, I guess there's not going to be an episode next week. Joke's on us. Yeah. Sorry, Salem. All right. What the fuck? Third time's charming. Three is my lucky number. So. Oh, you're so cute, say. Oh, I know. He said, I picked the card. All right, so we got We got one. Are we announcing it now? Yep, now announce it right now. All right, so we got from the the first edition of the Florida Cold Case Homicide playing card deck, we have the King of Spades, which is Tiffany Sessions. She's a white female 20-year-old who disappeared in Gainesville back in 89. Ooh, year I was born. Here's our first one. All right. Um, we'll set that to the side and take a picture of it. And guys, we will see you next Friday. Um, Christian, drop those socials real quick. We love you so much. And we appreciate you guys so much. And please continue leaving us reviews. We do enjoy reading them and we enjoy hearing them. Um, another thing is if you guys have any suggestions, we are always taking in those suggestions. We are open. We're about mm-hmm. booked up for next year. Yes. So anything that you're wanting to hear from us. And if you guys like the cold cases, we will do them again next year. Sam will fucking wet so herself. So make sure you download these episodes. There will be no episodes. shitting. She will wet herself. She'll make be so happy. Make sure you download the episodes. Make sure you turn on your auto downloads on Apple Podcast and whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. And yeah, until next Friday, stay creepy. Bye, guys. Bye.